Hello and welcome to the Ice Guy. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex P. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, Sunday, November 26th. Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, ready to break down the Sunday NHL card. Uh, Saturday was a huge day. We're going to skip the recap, though. We're short for time. We want to be done by the uh, top of the hour. Uh, but Alex does have a few things to say. And I do want to say something about the Jacob Truba situation, which we saw during yeah. the Bruins and the Rangers. That was that reminded me, you're right, of uh, Bertuzzi with Brashear uh, 20-plus years ago. Uh, and the fact they threw the book, the NHL did, uh, for that incident there on by at Bertuzzi on Brashear for 23 game suspension. And yet it looks like they've just given Jacob Truba for his stick swinging uh, incident against Trent Frederick yesterday of the Boston Bruins, just a fine, which is just unreal considering And Look, did it do damage? Did it hurt, you know, Frederick the way it hurt Brashear? No, but that does not the point. The point is you did something that's just unacceptable. Simple as that. And, you need to be punished for having that kind of thing. That's not just, oh, I lost control of my stick. Well, that was a swing. That was a heat of the moment. You fucked up. You had a brain fart of epic proportions moment from yeah. Jacob Truba. So stunning to see that he only got a fine with that. Uh, Alex, I'm sure you were as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and like I said, this this rampant kind of, uh, you know, situation we've had with guys taking liberties, you know, we haven't seen stick swinging in years, but we've been seeing dirty hits. We've seen a lot of dirty play from Jacob Trouba, right? This is a guy who's always kind of been around. He gets dirty. He gets – we like the grit in his game when it's at a fair level, but he takes it a step too far. And in this day and age, and well, where we're trying to eliminate fighting out of hockey, you let these guys take all these liberties and then nothing gets settled on the ice because they don't have to fight anybody. And then if someone tries to bait them into it, they get two minutes and then they hurt their team. And then – we wait on the league, the Department of Player Safety, to do something about it. And they go, oh, we'll just fine you $5,000. $5,000 for a man who's going to make $56 million over the next seven years. That's fucking peanuts. That is that is a spit in the face to all fans and every other player in the league. The league needs to either settle this or you know, and, and make real fines in the CBA. Have this be where, okay, you're a repeat offender. This keeps going up and up by $5,000 really hurt them in the wallet or how about a memo to the other 31 teams of the league when you see jacob truba doing some stupid out of line shit like he did yesterday you beat his ass don't worry about the two-minute penalty there's a bunch of guys who are fourth liners on every team in, the, in this league who spend more time picking splinters out of the ass and they do seeing the ice get one of those guys out there to jump his ass take the two five and ten but let it be known that your team's not going to tolerate that shit let it be known the rest of the league won't tolerate that shit because player safety is not going to stop that what you do is you stop it on the ice. It's the reason why fighting's in this game for that reason. So it's just absurd to just see him getting away with this kind of shit. And then you have people on Twitter talking about, well, maybe he needs anger management classes. Are you fucking serious? It's not about anger management. No, this is just the way he plays the game. And it needs to be toned down. And if the league can't do it, then the players on the ice need to do it. So that's the yeah, only it, thing I have to say about he's one, It's one of those classic cases of I've heard nothing but great things off the ice about Jacob Troop. I don't doubt that right. for a second. Yeah. I don't doubt that for it's a second. He turns into an animal and borderline, you know, psychopath at times on the ice. And uh, whether it's competitive spirit, whether it's being the captain and you want to set a tone for your team and all this stuff that leads you to that persona on the ice, it's too much at this point. you got to 
rein it in a little bit, reel it in a little bit, especially when you get to the point where you're doing shit like you did yesterday, swinging your stick. Think of some of the dirty players in the league back in the day, the guys like Matt Cook and Darius Kasparitis. Yeah. Once they got humble, remember when Matt Cook got knocked out by Evander Kane when Kane was playing Atlanta? We saw his game change drastically. Uh, Kasparitis ended up getting a bunch of injuries. When he had to try to throw a knee on knee, hit somebody, ended up fucking his own knee up. That changed him drastically. You have to humble some of these dirty players. Like I said, it doesn't mean that they're bad people off the ice. This is the way that they play their game, but you can't play that game and, and cross that line habitually. Uh, without answering the bell from either the league, which they're not going to do anything about it, or the players. Yeah, well said about that. And he also wanted to mention something about the uh, uh, veterans in the league. Yeah, so I, I I teased this a couple of days ago. Shout out to Sandman because he definitely held me accountable for bringing this back up. But I, I did say over the weekend when we had less games, I want to talk about what Alexander Ovechkin said. You mentioned it. We we, we kind of talked about it for maybe a split second a couple of days ago where Ovechkin uh, in an interview talking about how him and Sidney Crosby – and he's totally right about this helped bring this league back you know with you know obviously Ovechkin now at some point in time we, we expect him to be the all-time goal scoring uh leader in the league right but he's taken a huge step back and that's what everybody's kind of saying that he's like oh now we we've all of a sudden gotten old but yet we were the ones who helped bring the league back to prominence help you know build these great tv deals that they have now bring this excitement and all of a sudden now you're casting them aside and he makes a great point. And it made me start thinking about just veterans around the league and some of the unfortunate news we've heard in the last couple of weeks, things like Milan Lucic, things like Corey Perry, a story where we have no idea what the hell is going on right now. But you think about those two specific guys, right? And what they were brought in to do with those teams. They're supposed to be the veteran leaders trying to help these younger guys and help this newer generation. But at the same time, you can't help but to face your own mortality as far as playing hockey, how long your career is going to last. You talk about a Corey Perry, a guy who was one of the, the stars of this league, won a Stanley Cup. He was the face of the franchise in Anaheim. And now all of a sudden he's been bouncing around to Montreal, Tampa Bay, and Chicago. And he's been tasked with this role of trying to bring up the new generation, the Connor Bedards of the world. That's not always necessarily the role that guys can fit in. Just because you were playing the league for a long time, it doesn't necessarily mean you're a, a true leader the whole time. And it also doesn't necessarily mean that in your older age that the leadership role is, is right for you. Just like we talk about, let's not rush and give captains, uh, you know, give the seat to younger players right away. We let them develop and give time. Well, that could be the same you know, for guys on the way out. You know, the, the, just the mental state of realizing, wow, what I've been doing for 15, 16, 17 years is about to come to an end. Maybe my body's not at that full state. And I think we're seeing a lot of these older players starting to struggle and realize that, you know, teams aren't going to take flyers on them. Teams aren't going to spend the money on them that they were making from just three or four years ago. And I think that crush of pressure is really adding to why we're seeing Alex Ovechkin having arguably his worst year of, of his entire career. Mark andre Fleury, a goaltender who is going to the Hall of Fame first ballot, but has struggled in the last year and a half. I think sometimes we throw these veterans into these roles and they won't say it out loud because they always want to do whatever they can for the team. But I think some of them just aren't cut out for that. Now, the Lucic thing off the ice, that's some other stuff. And he needs to work that out. That's unacceptable for any age and any level. But stress builds all kinds of different things. And, and we know how we talk about all the time with the trips and different things and the family bonds. That stress can spill over and spill out of the rink. And I think that could be happening with a lot of these guys and, and a lot of these issues. So it's something we need to all look at, something GMs need to be. Uh, mindful of as well moving forward. 
Yeah, it's well said, hundred percent. I think it's definitely there's there's some truth to that, and there's there's a situation that with that going on where I think it's tangible that you're seeing evidence that uh, veterans, uh, as time goes on, you know, stressing to cope with a different role that they're unaccustomed to for the majority of their careers when they were that bona fide star, if you will. So definitely a theme that might be worth exploring and keeping an eye on for sure. All right, let's get into Sunday's games. We got five games. We'll start with Minnesota, Detroit. This one's starting at the top of the hour. 1 p.m. Eastern, Minnesota minus 115 road favorites, six and a half the total. I am on Detroit here, uh, minus 105. Just keep betting against Minnesota until they prove they could step up and snap, stop the bleeding, and they have yet to do that, quite honestly. Um, it was better effort, I guess you could say, against Colorado the other night, but still not good enough uh, to uh, snap what's now a six-game losing streak for the Minnesota Wild, 3-2 loss to the Avs. Detroit's now won two straight games, very impressive victories at home against a Solid New Jersey team. And then, of course, a terrific win against Boston, uh, 5-2 to two, uh, on Black Friday. So Red Wings riding some momentum. Uh, and uh, goaltending Gustafson, we've talked about his struggles for Minnesota. He's in net once again, 2-6, and 4.04 goals against, 882 save percentage, not good. And Alex Lyon, he's actually been quite good. 1-1-1, uh, one, one and 1.53 one, 1. goals against, 933 save percentage for Alex Lyon in his starts this year. So uh, he has been really solid, um, you know, prove it. That's what I have to say to the Minnesota Wild before I uh, stop betting against them. What do you think here, Alex, Minnesota, Detroit? I think it's a brutal spot for one. You you know, you were gone forever uh, with the Sweden trip. You didn't play. You come back, play the uh, Friday night game, and now you got to go back on the road. I think that's a really bad spot for Minnesota and a team that, you know, I don't know. If getting on the road is going to solve any problems, obviously, you know, they heard the boo birds at XL uh, often in that Colorado game. But I think this could be where Detroit not only wins this one, but wins this one pretty big. I laid, I actually got even money. It's funny, I was talking about this in the chat. I got even money at Bet Online, which then moved up to 108, which then dropped to 101, and now it's back to even money. So uh, clearly, there's move, there's action going both ways and uh, pretty steady, you know, as we get close to the puck drop here. But I like Detroit. So anything minus a dollar ten or better, uh, grab that and maybe a little sprinkle on the puck line. Definitely want to also look for a live over. I want to see if Minnesota is going to bring that pace early. I could see this one being high scoring, but maybe we don't need to lace uh, anything with six and a half. We could probably wait for a five and a half. Yeah, I'm off the I'm off the total just because Lions been really good for the uh, Detroit Red Wings so far. Very good, very so far, impressive. Yeah. So far, we'll see if it keeps going. But uh, remember how good he was, too, in Florida down the stretch when really he rescued their playoff chances. His regular season play in the last 20 games or so really helped Florida get going and get that into that playoff spot. So this really has been a good stretch dating back to the late part of last year for Alex Lyon. And his whole career has been short bursts. I look yeah. back to when he was with the Wolves and, and he helped win the Call Cup. It was he was there. He played a majority of about two weeks, but he had a great record. When he plays in short bursts, he's the perfect call up goalie yeah. essentially. You know, he's not a guy who's going to give you a whole lot as a long term backup. But in these pinches, when you have a guy go down, yeah, Alex Lyon is probably the best in the league with that. Yeah, no question. And he's uh, like I say, got the uh, confidence right now, no doubt about that. Uh, all right, we got St. Louis and Chicago, another matinee affair, 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central for this uh, start time. Uh, St. Louis minus 155, uh, road favorites, six and a half the total in this game. Uh, St. Louis obviously had a brutal game Friday against uh, Nashville, terrible, in fact. 
uh, getting bombed in their own building eight to two. And what's shocking about that is St. Louis had actually played well at home this year before that game. Nashville goes in there, beats them eight to three. They'll be looking to bounce back following uh, that type of loss. Uh, certainly not one that's going to suit sit too well uh, with them. Uh, it's also worth noting they're three and ten in their last thirteen divisional games. So that's not the kind of run you want to have. Four and nine in their last thirteen on the road where they haven't uh, necessarily played well. Um, you know, I could only look at the Chicago Blackhawks side in this game. But do I want to off Toronto? No one does, you know, up and down nature. And St. Louis off a beat down like that. You know, I do expect the Blues are probably going to want to come back strong. But I, I'm certainly leaning Chicago. Maybe I sprinkle a couple bucks on it. It's nothing so, super strong. I do think we'll see goals. Probably good chance for that uh, here in this uh, matchup with the uh, Blues and the Blackhawks as well. Three of the last four meetings have gone uh, over the total. Uh, and you look at uh, the last two in Chicago were both uh, there were 5-2 and a 5-3 game uh, between these two teams. You've got uh, Arvid Soderblom uh, in net for Chicago. You know what's funny about him? He's been awful except against Toronto. Yeah. Like, seriously. He, he's absolutely looking like Pat Wah against the Leafs in two games this year, Arvid Soderblom. They can't stop a beach ball sometimes against everybody else. So now he's facing everybody else. So I don't think he's going to play as well today. Uh, and Bennington for uh, St. Louis, he's been a little bit more uh, not so good lately, not as good as he was earlier in the season. So definitely liking some goals here and over six and a half. Uh, and I think Alex likes a couple of things regarding totals as well in this game. What do you think, Blues, Blackhawks? Yeah, I mean, hey, Boston, if you want a, a Leafs killer, we'll totally take Jeremy Swayman off your hands. You can have Soderblom. Have at it. Uh, as far as as far as this game goes, the Blues, like you said, they've been awful, right? And this, this, this is a bad team. They're declining. But I would be really cautious baiting them today. Today and the next game, start of the dad's trip. So the dads have been uh, in us, town, yeah. hanging around yeah. in, in the meetings and everything. And looking at their record, 7-4-1 since they started doing the dad's trip. And I, I make that note because – you mentioned it last year. I think you even had Ryan O'Reilly as a goal scorer when he scored his moms in the crop. But they've done really well with the moms trips as well. So this yeah. is something that has been for the last few years, something that's kind of given them a bump uh, in energy. And that's something they could really use right now. And when you pair that with, like I said, their history, they've always played, uh, you know, the Hawks tough, winning five of the last six meetings. Like I said, the Hawks coming off of that great comeback win where if it wasn't for Jason Dickinson, they get blown out. Uh, so, I'm, I would be leaning towards St. Louis and regulation here, but uh, I'm just going to keep it simple and go with both teams to score in the first period plus 135. That's a good block. I think that's that's worth. I think that's worth me betting as well. That first period, both teams to score. I could. Uh, St. Louis pissed off after eight three loss to uh, Nashville. Dad's now on the trip with them in Chicago. I think the Blackhawks at home capable of uh, finding the back of the net against a Blues team that. You know, defensively, what have we seen from them? They've given up 13 goals in their last uh, two games. Pond hockey from the Blues uh, in their last two games. So uh, definitely the first period, both teams to score, uh, worth a look. Uh, you've got Reichel, Bedard, Kurashev, top line. Gutman, Johnson, Radish, the uh, second line. Uh, Jason Dickinson, shout out to him with the hat trick, of course, uh, against uh, Toronto. Uh, and then for St. Louis, major shakeups with the lines here. Robert Thomas, he continues to be a go-to player prop for me with St. Louis. But let's go down to uh, and visit Mr. Rogers. Won't you be my neighbors, Jake Neighbors, for St. Louis? Uh, he is going to be on the top line for St. Louis today. So big shakeup. And after an 8-3 loss, you expect a shakeup 
with your lineup combinations from Craig Berube, and that's exactly what he's doing. He's been good, Jake Neighbors. Three goals in the last four games and a point in four straight games as well uh, for the uh, St. Louis Blues. So Jake Neighbors, top-line assignment now and deserving of it based on his uh, recent play for the uh, St. Louis Blues. All right, Columbus, Carolina. We've got uh, Kakalaki, minus 320, home favorite, six and a half the total. I mean, it is rare to see Carolina lose like they did to Tampa Bay. It's even more rare to see it at home in Carolina to lose like that. Uh, just a wretched game for the uh, Hurricanes. And it seemed like every puck that was shot toward Antiranta and on goal went in. Eight goals on 14 shots. That's unreal. I've never seen anything like that. Eight goals on 14 shots, above 50% shooting percentage for the Tampa Bay Lightning in their victory uh, against the uh, uh Carolina Hurricanes on Friday night. So really bad stuff. Um, you know what? Columbus, though, has got a little positive momentum and a little pep in their step. They beat down Chicago to bust out of the losing streak. They go to New Jersey, beat a Devils team on the road in impressive fashion, 2-1. to one. Elvis Merzlikens, that was his best game of the year. Had to be, because I watched a good chunk of that Jackets-Devils game. Elvis Merzlikens was on point. He has been absolutely sensational. He was sensational in that game. It was the best game I've seen Elvis Merzlikens play uh, in a very long time. Of course, he's back in net for Columbus. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> I'm holding off, though, on this game right now. I want to see who's in net for Carolina. I'm seeing Ronta projected. Maybe they want to give him a chance to rebound after that game Friday night. It wasn't all his fault. There were a couple fluke bounces, but he was also not good. So he's got to be better. I'd prefer Kochekov, quite honestly, but uh, we don't know about that yet. I'm tempted by like something like a Carolina first period puck line or a, maybe a Carolina team total over in the first period. Like really pounce on Columbus early after just getting embarrassed on home ice by Tampa Bay Friday night. But I'm going to wait on that. You know what? I might do the team total just because then I don't have to worry about, you know, what who's in net and what Carolina does or doesn't give up uh, to Columbus. I can just focus on the fact that I expect a good uh, early first 20 minutes from them uh, in this game. And again, with that first period team total for Carolina, you know, asking them to score two goals in the first period, get a really, really good price with that in the plus 200 range. I think that might be worth a look. Like I said, plus 190 to plus 200 for Carolina first period team total. I expect a response after a game like that. And I know Columbus has won two in a row, but Chicago was one of them. And Jersey without Nico Heeshear on Friday, and we saw with Heeshear back what the huge difference he makes. I read something about New Jersey. The record with he Hughes and Heeshear both playing this year is like seven and two. So you talk about New Jersey with both of them, they're a different team. You got to completely think of and power rate the Devils differently with Jack Hughes and Nico Heeshear together and without them together because clearly the results have bared them out. But uh, yeah, I'm very much interested potentially in a Hurricanes first period team total over one and a half plus 200. It's great value. Uh, maybe get two behind uh, Columbus in the first 20 minutes. Cause if they don't come out flying here, there's something wrong. Uh, what do you think here, Alex jackets, hurricanes? Yeah, that's, that seems like the only thing that kind of makes sense of, of value on the Carolina side. Like I said, I don't feel like back in Columbus in any form or fashion. So without to be taking uh, you know, some shots with some, you know, uh, you know, exotic kind of prices on, on things like first period puck line or team totals or just passing it. For me, it's just going to be passed. Yeah, it's a shame about the Nico news. There was no way, no one expected him back early in the day. And of course, I like Buffalo early in the day. And then I heard he's coming back. The 
and I'm like, it's written in the stars, probably bad news for Buffalo. And sure enough, it was. But uh, yeah, totally different team with Nico and Jack both playing. All right, Winnipeg and Nashville. Winnipeg minus 120 road favorite, six the total. Welcome back, Rick Bonus. Bones back on the bench against Florida the other night. And wouldn't you know it? The players rallied around it. They really they played that game like a playoff game. I'm seeing everybody in, in blocking shots, uh, doing everything they can to not only beat Florida but get the shutout for Connor Hellebuck and for Rick Bonus in his return behind the bench. Emotional scenes in the dressing room after the game. So that could go one of two ways. That's either a letdown, emotional letdown today, or maybe you know Bonus is back now for good. You know, back, and maybe they just rally around it, and maybe they get even more confidence and even more you know, energy and even more adrenaline to keep this great run going. And it's been a great run of hockey for the Winnipeg Jets. Seven and one in their they're eight and one in their last nine games, five game win streak coming into today. Uh, they're playing absolutely terrific hockey uh, right now. Uh, I, I like Winnipeg here. I do minus 120. Uh, it's uh, right in this team playing well. They've owned Nashville. They've won th- five of the last six head to head meetings, five and one for the Jets in the last six meetings. And they also have had a good uh, time of it winning in Nashville. They've done well here at music city uh, over the years uh, in this building. So jets are really rolling right now. Nashville's playing good too. Don't get me wrong. Four straight wins for them beat down over uh, St. Louis um, and they're scoring goals. So I like the over here as well uh, over six uh, in this game. I'm actually a little surprised based on the offensive potency from both teams that we have seen at this total in the six range. So I'll take advantage of that over six minus minus one twenty-five here uh, with the uh, jets uh, and the uh, predators. Definitely. Look, you got to go with it for Nashville. They're yeah. going to level off at some point, but right now they are clicking offensively, especially that top line, man, Forsberg and O'Reilly auto parts. And then Nyquist who's turned back the clock with the fountain of youth that he's drinking from that line's been terrific here for the uh, Nashville predators in recent games. So Winnipeg, probably worth a look. The draw, I don't hate either. Uh, you look at the head-to-head. There have been some overtime games between these two teams uh, in the uh, series history. Um, could be, a, I think it will be a competitive game. But like I say, I like the I like the mojo that Winnipeg's rolling with right now. And how about their road record? Uh, six and three for the Winnipeg Jets on the road. So very, very good road record uh, here for them. So little Jets minus 120, over six minus 125. Definitely liking both of those here in this one. Alex, what do you think of your Jets Predators? I think everybody kind of knows what I'm going with here. It's Nashville involved, so I'm going first period over. I got yes. three plays in the first period. I have first period over one and a half, minus 135. First period over two, plus 123. Grab that at BetMGM, along with first period both teams to score at plus 150. That's also available at BetMGM. That's really good. I think that first period, both teams to score. I could see yeah. one, one, first 20 minutes. And that, that's my favorite of the three because, like I said, Winnipeg's rolling right now. Nashville's playing good. And these two teams kind of always battle back and forth. So I really think we're going to see goals early. I'm, I'm not even worried about, like I said, full game total at six. Sure, you can take that as well, too. But I, I'm just going to stick with the 20 minutes and uh, keep riding it with Nashville. And I think we're going to – I don't know if it's today. We don't have confirmation yet. Wouldn't be surprised if we see a Brossois at some point. Is it today? Mm-hmm. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, they have been rolling with Hellebuck. Um, that's, and it's not that he can't do the job, but, you know, Hellebuck's obviously one of the best goalies in the NHL when he's on his game. So there is a difference when you go from him to Laurent Brossois. But, yeah, I, I like a lot of those totals looks. I think that's a really good first period, both teams to score. Uh, at that price with uh, both teams offensively in excellent form, Nashville suddenly, I mean, this has been an explosion for them. 
uh, during the win streak. And for Winnipeg, they've just been consistent. Three, three, five, three, six, six, five, five. I mean, they've just been consistently getting to at least three goals uh, as of late this uh, Jets team. So uh, definitely keep an eye on that. Uh, and uh, we're looking at, uh, like I say, uh, Jets here, uh, but especially uh, like in uh, Jets and over. And uh, that first period, both teams to score probably will get in on that. Prop-wise in this game, anyone I mentioned on that top line, Forsberg, O'Reilly, Nyquist, whether it's over, whether it's goal prop, assist prop, over the points, whatever the case may be, uh, worth a look. And then for Winnipeg, you know, Connor, Shifley, uh, Ehlers, Perfetti, you know, those have been the names we bandied about. Adam Lowry, too, sneaky. He actually scores against Nashville for some reason. So uh, definitely uh, some good a good prop game there as well. All right, final game, Anaheim-Edmonton. Edmonton minus 290, home favorite, six and a half the total uh, in this game. I got off the Anaheim Ducks for a while, uh, and I get it that uh, they're not playing uh, good hockey at the moment. They're in the midst of a five-game losing streak. But you do have Edmonton coming back off a four-game roadie, and I know they look put together their best win of the season by far against Washington, their most complete game, as great a team defensive effort as I've seen. A shutout for Skinner uh, in net for the uh, Edmonton Oilers uh, in that game. But you're coming off a road trip. You're laying an astronomical price. I'm, I'm taking a small bite, just a small bite, on Anaheim here at plus 240. I That's just now all of a sudden the Oilers, after one good game, they're minus 290. All right, well, prove it to me that you deserve this mantle, uh, a minus 290 home favorite. So uh, I, I do like Anaheim just a little bit here uh, in this game uh, uh, against uh, Edmonton. Dare the Oilers to put two good games in a row together. Do, dare them. This has been their issue. Yeah, they got everyone happy about that Washington win. And like I say, it was dominant. It was terrific. It was awesome. It looked like Edmonton, the team we thought could be a Stanley Cup contender. For the first time all year, we saw them show up like that against Washington. But they got to do it again. And their home record is abysmal. Three and five, their home record this year at Rogers Place, uh, which is just not very good. Anaheim, believe it or not, has been better on the road. You know, they've really had a tough time at Honda Center. But on the road, they have a winning record, five and three uh, in eight road games this year for the uh, Anaheim Ducks. So, uh, like I say, does Edmonton get their swagger back and mojo based on that Washington win? Perhaps. But I'm willing to take my chance that maybe that's not the case, especially at minus 290, which is just to me, we're not there yet with Edmonton after one good game for them to be in this price range. So for me, a little small bet here, Anaheim plus 240. Good road team as well. Uh, what do you think here, Alex? Ducks, Oilers. Yeah, two things I'm looking at. I'm looking at first period over live. I'm going to try and grab that down to about 130 or better. Uh, so that's maybe waiting about three or four minutes into the uh, contest with no score. I'm also taking a shot with Ducks, team total over two and a half minus 120. I'm not trusting the Ducks to try to win this game. Like I said, we could be seeing the, the resurgence of Edmonton. Edmonton has dominated Anaheim over the years. Uh, so maybe this is something that, that can kind of continue that wake up for the Oilers here. And, and this game could get ugly, but at least – I could trust Edmonton to give up three goals. This could easily be a 7-3 Oilers. That wouldn't, that wouldn't be the craziest score in the world. So uh, give me the team total over two and a half with Anaheim, and I'm looking for a live first period over. All right, there you go. I like that. I think that I think I might split it up personally between plus 240 and over two and a half with the team total as well on the Anaheim Ducks because I could see actually 4-3 Edmonton where the team total mm -hmm. gets yep. there even if that, uh, Anaheim loses the game. Uh, that's definitely a possibility. All right, great stuff. Uh, we appreciate everyone joining us. Uh, hit the like button uh, on the uh, way out. 
Uh, like I said, we try to keep the show a little shorter to preserve my voice uh, and my eyes because my eyes start watering when I'm looking at the screen like this badly. It's like I'm looks like I'm crying right now, but I'm not. Trust me. Uh, but uh, it looks that way. So we're battling through it. Uh, but we appreciate you guys joining us again. Hit the like button. Uh, and again, a reminder, we've got our BetCast, live BetCast. It's going whether I'm 100% or not by Tuesday night. It's still going to go uh, Tuesday night, uh, November 28th, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, this is for everybody, not just uh, Patreon or Family Plan members. So if you want to join us on the BetCast Tuesday night, DM me or Alex, and we will send you the uh, link for the BetCast before it begins. So Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. It's a great card on Tuesday yeah. night as well. So definitely looking forward to that. Our next Ice Guys live BetCast Tuesday night, uh, 7 p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Just quickly on the props, because I failed to mention any on the uh, Oilers-Ducks game. Uh, not really much on the Edmonton side, quite honestly. They got contributions from everybody, so you could sh share the wealth with props involving them. But for me, for Anaheim, it's mostly been looking at Mason McTavish, uh, especially for Toronto's slowed down just a bit, but McTavish is not. Just continues to be very consistent for the uh, Ducks. All right, speaking of consistency, we'll look to get back to some consistency with the uh, bargain bin special of the night. Been a little dry spell. Uh, admittedly, no question. Timing's just been off. Like, look at yeah. last night. I had Igor Sharon Govich. He doesn't score, but he had scored three of the last four games before that. So the timing's just been off. For me, uh, I'll go with one that I really like, and it's from that St. Louis Chicago game. In fact, we've already uh, talked about him uh, in that Blues Blackhawks game. Uh, he's moving up to the top line, points in four straight games, goals in three of the last four games, uh, playing alongside, I think, the guy that's probably been the best player up front for the uh, Blues lately in. Uh, Robert Thomas, and you're going to get a really good price here for him, considering the situation of him playing on the top line uh, for this game this afternoon uh, for the uh, St. Louis Blues. And that's our old friend. We take a trip down to Mr. Rogers' neighborhood. And won't you be my neighbors, Jake Neighbors for the uh, St. Louis Blues? I know that's going to get old at some point. But, yeah, Jake Neighbors for the uh, St. Louis Blues. Uh, you can find it upwards of plus 340 uh, right now uh, at FanDuel. Great price for a guy that's really getting a bump up the lineup and has been producing lately. So Jake Neighbors, St. Louis Blues, plus 340 for my bargain bin special of the night. And I know you've got one, Alex. What do you got? I do from the same game, but a different team. I'm going with the Hawks. And, you know, we saw, like I said, Jason Dickinson have that incredible explosion. It's amazing. He's actually plus 460 to score a goal, but I'm not. The, that's not the guy I'm going with. I'm going with one of his line mates today, and that's Joey Anderson who got called up from Rockford. This is a guy who really kind of helped. And, and Jason said it in the the, the post game. He said it was kind of his energy that kind of opened up the play that led him to get uh, some of the looks for a couple of those goals that he had uh, against Toronto. You can get him at plus 550 at FanDuel to get a goal here. Uh, he is skating on the third line. But, you know, we've seen where uh, Luke Richardson has no problem kind of mixing things up in games. So, He's you know looking well. Him and Dickinson could possibly flip up. That whole line could basically be the second line essentially if uh, if they're looking as good as they did the other day. So Joey Anderson, anytime goal scorer for the Hawks, plus five fifty at FanDuel is my bargain special. Hey, there you go, Joey Anderson. Uh, for the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, for uh, Alex B. Smith with his uh, bargain bin special plus five fifty there uh, to find the uh, back of the net. So that's a great uh, bargain bin. Uh, that's what you look for. That's an ultra discount. Uh, right there for Alex with his bargain bin special of the night. All right, best bet for this Sunday card. Alex, what do you got for best bet? I'm just hoping to hear some more of that. I usually hate this song, but I like it. I love it. I want some more of it. Give me the Jets and Predators, both teams to score in the first period, plus 150. 
Uh, you could also go with the first period over two, 15 and two run with the Preds and that. But uh, we're going to try to go for that big value there. So Winnipeg, Nashville, both teams are scoring the first period. Plus 150 is my Sunday best bet. That's a great market, the first period, both teams to score. And definitely Alex has been going to the well with it quite a bit more often lately. And he is there in Music City, Winnipeg, Nashville, first period, both teams to score, plus 150 for Alex with his best bet. My best bet's going to come from that same game, but it's going to be the over, uh, six minus 125, Jets and Predators. I'm not going to argue with it. Both teams scoring goals in bunches right now. Uh, and uh, I think that continues tonight. So Winnipeg, Nashville, over six, minus 125. For my best bet for this Sunday card. That'll wrap it up. Thanks to everyone for joining us. Hit the like button on the way out. We're back tomorrow, 3 p.m. Eastern. Note the start time, 3 p.m. Eastern tomorrow uh, with another edition of the Ice Guys. Uh, looking forward to that. And again, our bet cast, our live bet cast for the month of November, Tuesday night, November 28th, 7 p.m. Eastern time. Looking forward to it. It's a great night. I know Vegas and uh, Edmonton play each other. It's Toronto, Florida, two playoff rematches. Uh, coming up on Tuesday night, part of a great, great Tuesday night card. Great night for a bet cast. So DM me or Alex if you want to join the bet cast, and we will send you the link for the bet cast uh, right as it starts on uh, Tuesday night. Reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday as well. Uh, and if you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms. For Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Sunday. Enjoy the games and good luck. And we will talk to you again tomorrow on Monday for another edition of the Ice Guys. Mm-hmm.